0: Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's safety chat. Hi, this is Nick Coy with the Portage County Safety Council and the Ohio Bureau Workers Compensation. And I'm joined today by Pat McCon from Zurich Insurance. Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks. Hey, Pat, you know, we're really excited because we just finished a monthly meeting here at the Safety Council and you did an amazing presentation on when OSHA knocks and how to prepare for that. And I know ultimately, as safety professionals, our goal is to never have to need OSHA to come in here or have to deal with OSHA, but occasionally those things happen. And that's what we were looking at today. So as I was sitting in the meeting, I was thinking, what would be the three tips you would give people to prep for an OSHA inspection?
1: Nick, I think those three things are all kind of related. First of all, make sure that you have the appropriate management representative and maybe a backup person who are selected to be the uh, escort, if you will, for an OSHA inspector, to be the mouthpiece for the company as OSHA comes in and, and walks through and does their inspection. The second thing relates to those people, and that's to make sure that they're properly trained and prepared so that they know what they should say, what they shouldn't say, what they have to do, what they don't have to do. The third thing is preparing other people that might be the first ones to encounter the OSHA inspector, maybe the the receptionist or the person who picks up the phone at the other end of the lobby phone and finds that it's an unannounced OSHA inspection. What should they say? What should they do? Where should they put the OSHA inspector, if you will, uh, while the management folks are being rounded up?
0: You know, and that's great because I actually recently worked with an employer who did not have a plan. And the maintenance person is the one who responded to the front desk because management was busy. And in a short conversation, found out the ocean inspector had never seen this type of work before and said, let me give you a tour of the facility. (laughs) So you can imagine how that went for that organization. Oh, my goodness. No plan. So the the ocean inspector got a behind-the-scenes tour of the facility and um, is recouping from that at this point. And, And we're getting there, but lack of planning can have a huge impact.
1: Exactly. That's the scenario that you absolutely don't want to happen.
0: So when we have people walk, we talk about having management and that management mouthpiece, the person who knows when to talk and when not to talk and how to work. But OSHA often asks, too, to have an employee representative. So can we talk a little bit about what that employee representative should look like and how that works?
1: The regulations actually require an employee representative to be along on an OSHA inspection. And who that person is depends on whether you're a unionized workforce or non-union. If it's a union workforce, the union will pick the employee representative, uh, maybe the safety committeeman or the grievance committeeman or whatever. Management really won't have any say in it. If it's a non-union workforce, then the OSHA inspector and management will work together to come up with a reasonable person to represent the employees. Recently, OSHA had some discussion that employees have the right to have an outsider as their employee representative perhaps a a union that really doesn't represent them, but they want them to come in. The president administration has scaled back on that a bit, but there's still the possibility that they might select an attorney or someone like that. But generally, it's just going to be the OSHA inspector and the manager picking out someone from the workforce that makes the most sense. What won't happen is for OSHA to say, well, it was this person who made the complaint, so let's have them along because it's against the law for OSHA to tell you who made the complaint.
0: So we really have that management piece and then the employee representative, which gets chosen through one of those paths. But who else should we have walk with us?
1: In my experience, it's always been a good idea to have maintenance people come along with their tools, an electrician and a mechanic, so that if by some circumstance something is found, some small uh, safety violation that's easily fixed, you can fix it on the spot. That looks pretty good when you eventually get your report that says that they found a safety violation, but it was abated during the inspection.
0: So as we do this, there's a chance for us to potentially abate things during the inspection, at least get that noted. What else should we be doing during the inspection? What should we be noting from that inspection?
1: Actually, that's another person that I think should come along besides the the main management representative, another person from management whose job is to take pictures and take notes. And copious, I guess, is the right word. If it comes into your head or if somebody says it, write it down. It's best to have too many notes than not enough. If the OSHA inspector is writing something down, find out what it is and write the same thing down because management wants all the information that that OSHA has. And the OSHA inspector will be happy to tell you what they see and, and what they're writing down, what notes they're taking. Take lots of pictures so you remember what your notes are about. You can always get rid of pictures, but if you didn't take them... They're of no value to you. The person taking the notes isn't there to talk unless it's, oh, what are you writing down, sir? I'd like to write down the same thing. But beyond that, the person should have ears but no mouth.
0: You know, I think another important part is as you do that walk around it, that a lot of employers don't recognize is you don't have to walk them through the whole facility.
1: That's exactly right. You should ask them very early in the inspection why they're there. And if it's the result of an employee complaint, what was the complaint about? What part of the plant was it in? You take them on a route that you select to the point of the alleged violation. You don't have to parade them through the plant. You don't have to give them a tour. And they'd probably rather not do that. They'd probably rather just go to where the issue is, find out whether there's a violation or not, and go on to their next stop.
0: So after we get through the whole walkthrough, what happens next uh, at the closing conference?
1: At the closing conference, the inspector will tell you what he saw, he or she, what alleged violations they're going to report to the area director, and what abatement period or period of time they're going to suggest that the area director give you to repair or fix any violations that they found. The OSHA inspector doesn't issue the citations. The area director does that after hearing the recommendation from the inspector.
0: And even then, there's still a potential to contest those findings from the area director and then go to an informal conference.
1: There certainly is. You have 15 days to appeal an OSHA citation after you receive it, and you should always do that. And during that 15 days, you can have an informal conference with the area director, and that's your opportunity to negotiate the gravity of a citation, whether it's really a violation of a standard or not and the proposed penalty, and the proposed time that they're going to give you to abate the hazard.
0: So that's a piece that really a lot of people should take advantage of and not to be scared of. It's just a conversation and a chance for you to prove the facts of how you've improved or how this might not have really been that large of a situation as detailed.
1: Exactly, and it's your opportunity to show good faith to the area director, especially if you come in with a plan for abatement already in your pocket.
0: So doing some homework before you get there during that time period is definitely important. And really, we should be fixing these things as quickly as possible anyways that have been identified.
1: Right. Hopefully, they're there by accident to begin with. they are surprises to you. So when you find out that they're there, you abate them and go on about your business.
0: So overall, what are some of your overall tips for individuals, uh, companies, or safety directors out there who might find themselves in this situation one day?
1: When OSHA shows up, it's not going to be a pleasant experience, but it doesn't have to be a horrible experience. It's not likely that you're going to get away with no citation at all, although that happens probably a third of the time. They're trained inspectors, and they may find something. It's to your advantage, though, to be as pleasant, polite as you can. They're human beings. If you're nice to them, they'll be less likely to look in dark corners and try to find things to blast you with. How
0: free should we be with giving them information? Is this, let's spill everything, or is it better just
1: uh, be quiet? Keep your mouth shut. Answer questions truthfully. If you don't know the answer to the question, say that and keep your mouth shut.
0: All right. Well, Pat, thank you so much for uh, doing this podcast with us today and for your presentation. If you want even more detailed information on what to do when OSHA knocks, take a listen to Pat's presentation from today. Once again, thank you for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thanks.
0: Everyone, be safe.